Hello, and welcome to Sustainability Shift, the Clarion Podcast. I'm your host, Camilla, and it's a pleasure to have you here with us as we explore the sustainability transformation of the chemical industry. It's been an exciting few months since the start of the first season. We've looked into innovative solutions across a wide range of sustainability lenses, such as climate change, bioeconomy, or social value creation. And throughout these series, We've been privileged to hear from experts here at Clariant, but also our partners and leaders in the industry. They've shared their unique insights that are helping shape the future of the chemical sector. Our journey first began with a crucial topic of living wages. More than 630 million workers globally can't earn sufficient income to escape poverty. Daniel Von Whitehead, co-founder of Fair Wage Network, emphasized the private sector's responsibility in ensuring employees receive adequate pay for a decent standard of living. The private sector can do a lot since uh, global supply chains today represent 80% of total trade. And this is, in fact, the reason why international organizations, investors have made this call to the business community for the payment of a living wage because they know the private sector can do a lot. In this episode, we also spoke with Priya Agravel from Unilever. She helped us understand Unilever's living wage promise, which is to ensure that everyone who directly provides goods and services to the company will earn at least a living wage by 2030. She explored how companies and suppliers collaborate to ensure fair compensation across supply chains. Indeed, it's a super complex challenge when you consider the 52,000 direct suppliers as of our last annual report across not just raw materials, but also packaging materials and services that we buy. In order to reach all of them and to ensure uh, implementation, we are using a prioritization approach and we are prioritizing across three dimensions. The first is, of course, our strategic partners and very much like Clariant, our long-term partners, many of our long-term partners are leading organizations in their industries. By collaborating with these organizations through our promise, we are hoping that others will follow in their footsteps. The second prioritization is through operations closer to our own. And these are specific operations such as our contingent labor, which, are, which is a third-party workers operating on our manufacturing lines, our collaborative manufacturing suppliers, and others. We are working much more closely and transparently with these suppliers to address the gaps and, very importantly, find mitigation strategies to not make it a burden on either, either parties. Lastly, we are prioritizing my markets. We have very special focus on some key markets such as India, Indonesia, and others, where Unilever sources a huge uh, amount of our spend and the gap between minimum and living wage are high. These markets are indeed leading others in the Unilever universe in creating their plans and working with our suppliers to address the gaps. The second episode dealt with a super interesting topic on portfolio sustainability assessments. Today, we see consumer companies claiming that their products are 100% recycled or natural, for example. And Sharon Dubrow from the American Chemistry Council explained how the chemical sector plays a crucial role in providing sustainable portfolio performance to its customers. Sustainability is a broad topic, as we know. It encompasses environmental protection, social, and economic development. The chemical industry is embracing and actively pursuing initiatives across these areas in order to operate and contribute sustainably to society's growing needs. Contributing in a meaningful way to more sustainable outcomes is critical 
to tackling today's challenges around climate change and its impacts, water resources, and working to move from a linear to a circular economy to improve efficiencies in our use of valuable resources. And at the same time, chemical products are needed in high performance applications that help support all aspects of our infrastructure and our operations of our everyday lives. This includes technology solutions that are needed to help deliver clean energy in the future. When we look at chemical products and operations, sustainability builds on our industry's history of innovation. As our chemists and engineers innovate and design new products and processes, they need to consider multiple requirements, some of which are longstanding requirements and some are new. Performance, technical and economic feasibility of production, environmental impacts, hazards and potential exposures, and now increasingly carbon footprint and designing for recovery and potential reuse at the end of the product's useful life. Our challenge is to develop and advance solutions that continue to reduce our environmental footprint while increasing our handprint, which are the contributions of our products towards greater sustainability. Our two other guest speakers, Bruno and Fabio, explained how portfolio sustainability assessments in chemical companies such as Solvay and Clarient make the bridge between B2B and B2C to deliver more sustainable products to the final customers. I like this idea of looking at the value chain from raw material extraction to the consumer goods and end of life. We used to write it from left to right. And in fact, we have to read it from right to left. Sustainability, circularity, biodiversity, imperative are moving up the value chain. And the PSA is all about capturing those new market signals. In the past, industry used to set the standards. Now, the consumer are more aware and conscious of the product they are using and its origin. And there is a shift of power towards the consumer. And therefore, trust and transparency on sustainability benefit for the customer and the consumer are paramount to make the value proposition credible. And on top of that, measuring the impact in a matter that can demonstrate value for society and environment is also very important to demonstrate the positive impact of our product and services. And maybe to add on what Bruno just said and what you have said, Camilla, at the beginning of this talk, Uh, chemical companies are at the beginning of the value chain. Bruno just said that there is this growing demand from customers for information and for this information to arrive to the final customers. So when I am at the supermarket, for example, looking at the label of a product, the credible information and proof points must be provided by us at the chemical companies. So at the beginning of the chain. But not only information, besides it, When we provide more sustainable chemicals, we allow all of downstream chains to have better processes, from catalysts to assist with GHG reduction, to more recyclable additives, to renewable-based personal care products. By assessing the sustainability risks and benefits of our portfolio and acting and communicating upon those, the chemical sector contributes to a more sustainable society. In our third episode, we explore how the cosmetics industry can improve transparency regarding the sustainability of their products. Michael Knowles from Beauty Streams pointed out some key trends. 
with increased consumer knowledge concerning products and ingredients, it is today more than ever key to practice total transparency. There have been so many trends from clean to natural to organic without harmonized or clear regulations that consumers are quite confused today. In a nutshell, while previously transparency concerning the formula and ingredients was enough, consumers today are interested in knowing what is involved and who is involved in the supply chain and how the individuals working in the supply chain are treated. So this is really a new aspect of transparency that goes beyond sustainability. Consumers also want to understand the bigger picture, including carbon footprint, and a big topic is water footprint, for example, today as well. The discussion was then followed by how the chemical sector, as a partner, can harness innovative technologies to support the sourcing of sustainable ingredients for the cosmetics industry. For example, Clarion supports the bioeconomy by using a smart plant cultivation technology. It's an aeroponic cultivation system, which is a method of growing plants without soil. Listen to our client expert, Julie Drou, as she explains how it differs from conventional culture and provides customers with traceability from seed to ingredient. The plant milking technology provides multiple benefits. For instance, the traditional ways of extracting active molecules from roots often involve uprooting or damaging the plant. This is not the case here. The roots are directly accessible, and thanks to special conditions created, they can be harvested several times per year from the same plant. After being cut, the roots will regrow within a few weeks, and the cycle of production can start again. Also, the plants are cultivated in greenhouses, where high yields can be obtained on reduced surfaces, so we can limit the use of plants. The local production is ensured as the entire process from the plant culture to the extraction is done at the same place. And last but not least, the water consumption is kept under control with recycling systems. This reduces the water consumption compared to a traditional culture. In fact, 90% less water is needed compared to a conventional agriculture. In our fourth episode, industry experts from Clarient and Enerotech explained the opportunities and challenges to scale up electrofuels and facilitate the gradual decarbonization of the aviation sector. I asked Tim Bolkin, founder and managing director of Enerotech, how the aviation industry is responding to regulatory developments. We see huge political tailwinds on uh, today both sides of the Atlantic. So on the one side, we see it in the European Union, where we already have the so-called Refuel EU aviation mandate in place, which proposes quotas for this sustainable aviation fuel and already sub-quotas for synthetic fuels and penalties for companies that do not comply with this law. And if we look on the other side of the Atlantic, on the US side, where we have the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, the infamous IRR in place, here we also see that in the next years, the U.S. is forcing the companies to produce even more than 3 billion gallons of sustainable aviation fuel per year. So that's a huge, huge market opportunity. But also if we look around the globe, for instance, to Japan or Australia, there are more and more countries that are putting policy in place that support the financing and the uh, ramp up of this technology in order to achieve the Paris Climate Goals. 
The conversation also highlighted the importance of industry collaboration to scale up e-fuel production. Our speakers talked about Ineritech's global production plant and Clarion's expertise in catalysts, which enhance production efficiency and scalability by converting CO2 and renewable hydrogen into e-fuels. Clarion is a really great partner for us. We need to collaborate in order to achieve the Paris Climate Goals. We cannot work alone. Ineritech is the leading provider of e-fuels with our modular technology. We have a very efficient chemical reactor technology, but they only work so good when we have good partners on the catalyst side. And here Clarion is uh, one of the leading partners we are having, providing us with top-notch catalysts, with uh, a lot of process experience. And we are uh, very much looking forward to collaborate with Clarion in the future. On the topic of renewable energy sources, our last episode explored using green methanol as maritime fuel. And recently, European Energy announced that it is constructing the world's largest e-methanol plant in Denmark to supply customers such as Maersk. I asked Anders, Vice President at European Energy, on the company's focus to ensure a successful scale-up of this project. What we have had focus on is that we build a very flexible process such that we can follow the electricity prices up and down because we think that will be the key in the future for successful that you can actually uh, maybe go on island mode or, or part island mode uh, with your renewable energy source. So, so that's really key to the, to the business plan behind it. Then we have also on this project, we will also have integration with the district heating network. So we'll take some of the excess heat and have a heat pump and then uh, inject that in the district heating network uh, for the city to benefit the inhabitants there with a little bit lower cost heating. And then, of course, on this specific, uh, the whole thing is also just proving the technology as such in large scale, right? The CO2, the CO2 to methanol process, which is not really proven in large scale yet. So uh, and there are various things around that that have had to be adjusted. But of course, I don't want to share everything there because that's part of uh, what we will utilize ourselves on the upcoming projects as well. Christoph Kreininger, our clarient expert, was also in the discussion to explain the role of catalyst technologies in supporting European energy's CO2 to methanol plant. We have uh, looked into a lot in the past on the catalyst and uh, in case of European energy's plants, in both our latest generation of methanol syncatalyst Megamax 900 will be applied. This will also then lead to an efficient and effective production process. And beside of this, what, of course, we will do to support European energy, there are other technical aspects uh, around the catalyst, like loading, but also activation and startup. These are topics we also support them. And beside of this, the last one, during catalyst operation, we will also looking into the data and optimize, uh, let's say, the operating conditions in order to ensure really here an efficient mass production of the first green EMS or not really produced worldwide. Very happy to have our Megamax 900 in this plant. As we wrap up the mid-season, I would like to thank all our listeners who have been with us on this exciting journey. We will come back soon with other exciting topics and deep dives on the sustainability shift of the chemical industry. Mm-hmm.